So it was just a perfect storm of awareness that I was going to be on my own since day one. And I didn't know it consciously yet, but I think I knew it somewhere deep inside. And I think that's why I was so stressed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hypersensitive Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Mazaliski, and today is another solo episode. Welcome back. Uh, Next week, we are going to have a guest, and I can't wait to dive into that with you. You'll see that next week. But this week, I wanted to share uh, a story. (laughs) My origin story? That sounds very villain-esque. I want to share with you a little bit about my family dynamics. And the reason and the intention behind this is... Anyone who didn't grow up with both parents, like myself, or people who only grew up with one parent, people who might have a sense of abandonment from that experience, those who might have been raised by their grandparents, like myself, might be able to find some connection in this story. And so I wanted to get into this with you. Now, the trigger warning that I want to make you aware of today is that I am going to be talking about topics such as postpartum, depression, drug use, and I'm going to be talking about untimely death. And so if those subjects are something that just don't sit with you now, today, or ever, I suggest you wait for our episode next week and just skip this one. That's okay. I appreciate um, each of you if you have stayed There's probably a reason, and I hope that we can connect on this story today, and maybe we'll find some similarities with each other, or maybe this will just be another reminder that there are people that are amongst us that look totally normal. I don't know. Do I look totally normal? Um, (laughs) There are people that look like me, have a job like me, and we, we've been through experiences that are extremely traumatic. I've worked through a lot of this, but I'm sure at some point there might be moments that take me back. So stay with me. And I want to just say by absolutely no means do I want any anybody's sympathy or anybody to feel sorry for me. This is not about that. This is just simply sharing a story of where I'm from and Hopefully, y'all can feel that out with me, okay? So, I want to start out with, I was born, (laughs) like the rest of us. I was born, and I enter the world in a bathtub. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was born in a bathtub. My mother was having a bath, I suppose, and went into labor, and there I went. I was born right then and there. So she took me to the hospital, of course, and it really starts there. She took me to the hospital, and that was really it. She dropped me off and 
supposed to come back for feedings and she never did. So immediately I have nobody. Nobody to feed me, nobody to initially give me any love or care. And because my mother didn't show up, something that's common in the prairies, because there's such a high indigenous population, and especially indigenous people that are struggling, in similar situations like my own experience where their mothers are either going through something such as postpartum, like my mother was going through, or have mental health issues as well, like my mother had, or drinking or alcohol, uh, or drinking or drug issues, like my mother had. So it was just a perfect storm of awareness that I was going to be on my own since day one. And I didn't know it consciously yet, but I think I knew it somewhere deep inside. And I think that's why I was so stressed. So I was left there. And what happens when there's nobody around for you? They deemed my mother an unfit mother. They deemed her unwell based on her mental health. So they sent me to a foster family. And so I spent some time in foster care. And because of the way I looked and because of my mother's condition, I was put in with other indigenous children and babies. And unfortunately, I was not taken care of in this foster home. And that happens. I was only given one pair of pajamas and one pair of day clothes. And those are the same two outfits that I had when I was finally brought home by my grandmother. Now, prior to my grandmother coming to pick me up, my grandma was very resistant to wanting to even meet me. Now, where was my father in all this? Now, my father left home when he was 16 years old. And my father's relationship with my mother is really a mystery. Nobody really knows. But they both struggled with their mental health. My father was a drug user to help deal with his depression. And so... In this storm of things happening and me going to foster care, my dad said, Mom, I've had a baby and you need to help me. She said, what do you mean you've had a baby? And he kind of, she kind of suspected for a little while that it was possible that my mother was pregnant. My dad never brought my mother around and probably because of fear of, of judgment or embarrassment with where her mental health was at, which would reflect on where his mental health was at. My mom, my grandma never saw my mother pregnant but she saw her always sitting in the car and suspected that's strange behavior and covering her belly or what have you so my dad comes to her and he says I want to I want to raise my kid and I need your help because in that era at that time it was the early 90s and they didn't give children to their fathers especially a father probably in my dad's state and so he needed the help of a woman his mom and my grandma just refused and refused and refused. And eventually she came to look at me. And this was actually while I was still in the hospital. So I apologize if there's a bit of a overlap. I can't quite remember or recall. I'd have to ask my parents how that went. But my grandma came to see me. And it might have been just right before I went into foster care, which sounds right. So she came to the hospital and she saw me. And then she fell in love, which is what she was afraid of. Because now that meant that her life was going to change. She had already raised three kids of her own, 
And my grandparents didn't have a lot of money. My grandma worked at a bakery. My grandfather worked for the city. And so they didn't have the money to gain full custody of me because that means that there's lawyer fees that need to be paid and there's a process. But we had a family member that was kind and gave my parents the money to go to court and gain full custody of me. So in the process of that happening, my grandma sees me at the hospital and then I go to foster care because my mother still hasn't shown up. But it's in the process of me having a home to go to. When the day comes, my grandma gets me from the foster family and notices that I only have two pairs of pajamas or two pairs of clothing. One's a pair of pajamas that I'm wearing and then just one outfit. And she sees me that I'm covered in eczema. I look sore. I'm red and I'm all inflamed. And so she immediately takes me to the doctor and gets me cream. So she cleans me up takes me to the doctor, gets my eczema under control, and she goes shopping and she buys me some new clothing and some new outfits. And my father, it's a weird situation because my father still comes around. He's still in my life, but of course he's still using. And I see my mother from time to time because my father and her are still together. But again, her mental health, they, they said that she had schizophrenia. And I'm not sure. I've never asked her about it, so I don't know what it was that she was experiencing, but I also know that she had a she had a history of postpartum. So she was not doing well and her connection to me was very minimal. But my father was around and I knew that he was still using and I remember. But I know that my father had a good and kind heart. And not every story starts where people are bad. My father wasn't a bad person, but we'll get into it in another episode. Generational trauma, it just continues to burden the next evolution and the next, the next person born into the family. So he had his own experiences that caused him to not feel like he could exist in this world without numbing it, numbing himself. My grandma just immediately became my mother figure. She had already raised three children, so she was well aware of the process. The only reason my grandfather said yes to keeping me and raising me was because I was a girl. (laughs) He said boys were troublemakers and so if I had been a boy my life would have been much different. I may or may not have been here right now. So my grandma raised me and someone else that was at home with my grandparents was my aunt, my dad's sister. My dad's sister was very young and that's something that I didn't process initially. She was only 20 when I was born. My father was four years older, so my father was 24 when he had me. And so I'm being raised by my grandparents and also my aunt. And they did an incredible job. My dad is sort of in and out. I see him. I don't. He's he's coming back and forth, but He would take me to places that he could take me and I would go and this is crazy. You would never do this now, but I would ride on his shoulders while he rode a bike around and so dangerous, but that was the era. And he told me that when I turned four and a half, he would take me to school. I was so excited. 
my parents had to get me into school as soon as possible because the costs of daycare were not feasible for them. And so I just needed to start school right away. And when my dad promised me that he was going to take me and he was going to walk me to school, I, I couldn't wait to start in the fall. And so when summer rolls around, it's now August, and my father's unable to take me to school. My father went missing, and they couldn't find him. And when they did, he was no longer alive. Somebody had taken his life, and we've never been certain of who that person was or why that happened. But I do remember seeing my father for the last time. I was in the living room at my grandparents. He dropped me off. And I remember there was... Actually, I don't know if I should share this part. There was a group of men. And that's all I'm going to say. There was a group of men that came to pick my dad up. They left. They took my dad and I never saw my dad again. And so I presume that those were the people that decided to take his life. My father was found near the Murray Golf Course. And that was it. My grandparents were full-time raising me now. And so my grandma immediately, knowing that I was going to school that fall, was dealing with the death of her son and had to gear up to take care of a whole other person. She had already raised three kids and now she has to raise another. So I recognize that her her unconditional love is incredible to me. It's what I aspire. Damn it. Okay. Um, so my grandma immediately went back to work and she switched her shifts to the night shift. She wanted to be available to me to make me breakfast, to make me lunch while I went to school. And then she was there for me full time. My grandpa was working and they had a very traditional relationship where my grandma took care of the children and my grandpa took care of the bills. So that's what she did. Any any money that she brought in would be spent on clothing and school supplies. That's what she had enough for. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. I guess this is a heavier one than I had anticipated. Sometimes I can talk about this and just be fine. And then other times it's different. So I go to school and I do, my grandparents now have full custody of me. So my grandparents are raising me and my aunt is raising me. And she just immediately takes responsibility for me. They all did. But I do remember going to school and I would just constantly get, because I still had my mother's last name. So my mother's last name, of course, doesn't match my grandparents because my parents were never married. And so I'd go to school and people would look at me and they'd look at my parents who were very pale skin. They would ask my grandmother why she adopted an Aboriginal kid. And my grandma was like, that's my granddaughter. And I, I don't have an Indigenous background. I've done a 23andMe. We'll get into that in another story. And so I, I experienced that my whole life. It's just insane. Now, because I want to keep these episodes short, I want you to be able to digest and listen to these podcasts 
I know how it can be. I personally have ADHD, as you know, and so I don't have a long attention span myself. And these stories that I share can be really heavy, and I don't want you to sit with that today. So I'm going to have a part two of this somewhere down the line where I'm going to explain more. But I just want to continue with with this. Growing up with grandparents is an incredibly beautiful and just selfless act on their behalf. They didn't have to do any of that. But of course they did for me. And if they hadn't, I I promise you, it would not be good. I would not be here right now. And I want to say that a lot of people because of this, these types of experiences, being raised without a parent, a mom or a dad for various reasons, often carry a sense of abandonment with them. And that typically tends to carry throughout their life until they recognize it and they can work through that. There's also a sense of, of immediate and inherent independence. I felt like I had to grow up very, very quickly. I, having grandparents is a lot different than having a mom and a dad that are a bit younger and can understand the experiences in the era that you're growing up in because they come from a different time. And I was an only child, so I didn't have really many kids or another family member that was my age to lean on. And so I really just made friends and connected with them. And it really, throughout my whole life, really, really saved me. It's so important to have that connection because I felt like I didn't have that connection with my mom. And oddly enough, you'd think that maybe I'd be upset with my mother. I was never upset. I was never upset with her. I knew right away when I had meetings with her because I would have um, scheduled lunch dates with her. She still had uh, visiting rights. Sometimes she would show up, sometimes she wouldn't. So that's just how it went. I just knew. I could just tell when I looked into her eyes and when I just felt her energy sitting across from her, I knew she wasn't well. I could tell that she wasn't like other parents or other people. And it felt fine to me because I knew that I had my grandparents. And I, I knew, even that young, that I, I couldn't be raised by somebody like this because this person just didn't have, they didn't have it in them. And so I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. But I did feel like missing out on anything with them. But it was so hard seeing other kids with their mom and their dad and having somebody, having your friends have these young, cool parents. And parents are never cool. But when I was young, I was like, it's different when you have grandparents. And my grandparents, I love them to the end of this earth. And thank God they're still with me. It's it's led to a lot of feelings of just embarrassment. I was so embarrassed of, why don't you have a mom? Oh, and you don't have a dad either? Well, what happened to them? Where are they? And you can't explain that. Why does your grandparents not look like you? Why do you have a different last name? All of these things that I couldn't answer when I was young. 
And so I would just try my best to have fun. And my parents put a lot of emphasis on making sure that I was always having a good time and that I was having fun. And in a way, I think that kind of caused me to become very avoidant because I didn't really learn how to process that because how, how do you? Well, my parents were doing trying to do the same. So I want to, I don't want to be abrupt, but I want to end it at this and I want to continue this conversation in another episode, but it won't be next week, but stay tuned. And I just wanted to say, if you or somebody you know was raised without having both parents, or if you're raised by your grandparents, you may feel abandoned or that you may not feel whole or that you missed out on experiences with a parent that was never around. I don't think there's anything that will fill that, that void. But I can assure you that is that if you had at least one parent that loved you, that is all you need. And I know that might sound somewhat cliche, but I, am, I really mean it. All you need is one person to love you. And my parents loved me so unconditionally. And I think that if they didn't, I would probably be exactly like my mom and my dad. So stay tuned for part two. I appreciate you all listening in. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.